At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up, This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. Apostles. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. And this is the Pac-12 Apostles. Uh, We are back. Um, You guys, thank you guys for joining us. Got a lot to talk about today. You know, sometimes there's not a whole lot of news, so we take a break in the offseason, let things cool down, but here we are. So, Jimmy Lake, there's news about Jimmy Lake. I don't know what that news is, but Ralph is going to tell me. Um, The Pac-12 has decided to work from home because they don't want to spend $11 million on offices that they don't need to be in, that they could have bought the damn building for anyway. But anyways, uh, Lincoln Riley gives his thoughts on recruiting. Oregon's 2022 class keeps getting better, (laughs) even though signing day has been done for, you know, a couple months. Uh, Salt Lake City, Tucson and Westwood. My thoughts on those, because I have a son who's being recruited right now. So there are thoughts. Oh, I just thought about it, Ralph. So as he continues to play well, if he plays well this season, this might actually, our podcast already does really well, but I wonder if that will affect the numbers if I bring my son on to talk about recruiting. What a weird dynamic. What a weird, what a weird situation to to be in. I mean, it, it was, it was always sort of evident, right? That that's the direction that, that, that it was going in. He's a talented athlete, a talented quarterback. Even three years ago when we were, you know, started doing this thing, it, it's not completely um, unreasonable or unheard of for the idea that like uh, Damon would be getting recruited by Pac-12 schools. But like, here we are in it with you going on visits to all these cities and it just feels different. Like it, it just feels very different than any other podcast or show uh, out there. Because it, it, there's this element to it where like 
we're pretty critical of some coaches and programs sometimes. And now some of those coaches and programs are trying to recruit your Dude, son. I thought about this. Dude, I thought about this. And it was funny because you said when we were talking about topics, you said, oh, wait, actually, first, you guys were also going to talk about JT Daniels to West Virginia and the ASU quarterback situation as well. But when Ralph brought this up about topics, he was like, yeah, and you can talk about how the visits were to, to Salt Lake, Tucson and Westwood. And I was like, what are you what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, my God, that's actually probably valuable content. And it was. And it's funny because when I was on the trips, you get some inside information when you're there. And I was like, okay, so I have to create some filters, right? Right. There's some stuff that I can't say on the podcast, right? Yeah. Because the relationships are important. But then I'm like, I have to make a good podcast because this is money. But then I'm also like, bro, if it made me think about, okay, George, what are you going to say and what are you not going to say? And how am I going to frame things? Because I was like, I'm still going to continue to tell the truth and tell things how I see them. Right. And I was like, the chips are just going to have to fall wherever they may. Because, like, I have a job to do, but, like, Man, I have to. I the, wholeheartedly disagree with that strategy. <laughs> You wholeheartedly disagree with it? Yeah, I, I think until the moment that your son's verbal drops, we need to be talking about 12 different teams, all with the opportunity to win a national championship. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the truth is, I don't think that there is any delusion about the state of the programs, right? Right. Okay. So let's talk about the first trip that we went on. Uh, like, what? Two weeks ago now, week and a half, I forget. It was a blur. We went to Tucson. We flew into Tucson early early in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, went over to the stadium. And it's an interesting recruiting dynamic because some of these coaches on these staffs, I've known for like, like Scotty Graham on Arizona staff. I've known Scotty Graham since like 2003 when he was working at the NFLPA, like I've had Scotty Graham's personal cell phone number. We've been talking for pro- years before he even got into coaching. So I know some of these people up close and personal, right? So yeah. my dynamic with them is going to be a little bit different probably than other people's dynamic because I care about him as a person. He cares about me as a person. I want him to be successful And now when it comes to my son, I can now hold you accountable for things that you say or don't say because we have a personal relationship. Right. So and Andy Ludwig, Utah's offensive coordinator, he just so happened to be my offensive coordinator when I was at Oregon. So like these are things. So when he came to come see my see my son throw, I can speak to him and talk to him where other people. Parents can't because I have, you know, I've known this dude since literally I was in high school. And you have a pre-existing relationship. So so we went to Tucson. And remember when Jed Fish first got the job, we were like, yo, like maybe it should have gone to this guy, this guy, this guy. 
Now, I and, outright laughed. I laughed. Yeah, yeah. And when you go, so they've opened up a new football facility that's attached to the stadium. It is, they're still putting some of the, you know, like the paint's not fully dry on it. Like they're still doing some upgrades to it and all of that. But it's definitely an upgrade over what they had. Now, the facilities at Arizona are not going to blow you away like they will at other places. But they have all the requisite things that you need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, like, like it's not like it's a deficient place. But it also is not going to look like Oregon stuff where, where, where we've been as well. Okay, so can, can I ask you a question that is kind of unique to your situation? I've always gotten the impression from our conversations over the years that Arizona was your fallback. UCLA, like it, was, it, it was UCLA first. UCLA, okay, but there was yeah. a minute. There was a minute when you strongly considered committing. To oh my god, the Wildcats! Be- because I wanted, I loved Coach Dick Tomey. I wanted to play for him, but I thought that he was going to get fired prior to me finishing school, which would ultimately did happen, I believe. But you know, so that was why you know I kind of ruled them out, but I liked it. So, so what about what about your? experience there as a recruit versus your experience there as a dad of a recruit? Like were some of the same things there that kind of appealed to you or was it, is it, or was it solely the coach had nothing to do with the city school or anything like that? Uh, Yeah. For, for, for me, it wasn't so much city school and all of that. Like I was fine with the city, like didn't have any, you know, like neither here nor there. I kind of fell in love on my recruiting trip. (laughs) Um, are we talking, are we t- are we talking uh, with uh, uh, another uh, human being or with? The yes, campus? no, 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 with another human human being with a, with a, with a young lady who was on campus already. Arizona, at, at Arizona women, man. Yeah, don't so, don't sleep on the forty eighth state and and the females that come from there. Yeah, so uh, so we went there, and you know the whole their whole tagline it's personal, right? Yeah. I I got it. Like okay, so the the first step to getting it for me was last year, and where where we talked about it, Arizona had all those kids jump in the portal, and then Jed Fish talked them all out of the portal, and then the energy surrounding the team, like it it feels like everybody wants to be there, and you've never ha- had. I promise you, you have never in life had this much excitement around a team that won one game last year against a shorthanded Cal team. Like you have never felt this much excitement. There is no misconception about the roster. They're like, we need to get the roster better, period, right? They know that this is not a Pac-12 contending uh, roster yet or a national championship roster. But they're like, their whole sell is you can come in play early, build and be a part of something that is going to prepare you for your next stage in life. And if that is the NFL, we've coaches that know how to do it, connections, all of these things. So and me and my son left Arizona feeling like these were very genuine people. Like that, that there would that they are knowledgeable. We sat in meetings. So there was no misconception about, you know, about roster or anything like uh, that. We got a chance to tour the campus, had lunch. 
you know, my son sat and talked with Jimmy Doherty and he got a chance uh, for, you know, 30, 45 minutes, got a chance to talk with, uh, with, with Coach Fish as well. It was really, really good. It was a very, very good trip. And uh, yeah, he was excited. I, um, I almost wish Jimmy Doherty still had me blocked on Twitter so that you could have been the one. To- <laughs> <laughs> so that you could have been the one to be like, hey, my co-host, he would like to see your tweets. But yeah. He, he unblocked me a long time ago. Um, So did they bring up at all like the education stuff that they do, like the bringing in all the different speakers and um, a little bit? They they touched on it, but but they're not using that as like the hard sell for recruiting. It's it's still more about like what's going on on the field. Yes, that, but but also when you take unofficials, they don't roll out every single thing for you because they want you to come back. They want to give you enough to wet your whistle and to for you to enjoy it enough for you to come back for camp or enough for you to come back for whatever else. So. All right. So apart from your son, honest impression, are they on the right track? Yes. Roster wise, some, you know, some of the stuff that you saw, you feel like you see improvement yes yeah yeah, yeah. this will not be so like i still consider last year's team like a zero win team in my mind me too because the cow win like cow had like half their team yeah so like but this is not a zero win team for this upcoming year this is not i think we're looking at probably four wins um and you think it's pretty much it that that head and shoulders above everybody else Jaden Delora is oh his yeah. experience and everything. It, it's 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 not it's it's not close and Noah Fafita might be the backup wow um wow. so yeah so um so yeah and then a couple of days later we leave and go to Utah now people are like black dude going out to Salt Lake City whoa <laughs> Dude is like my little brother, Pharaoh Brown, tight end for the Texans. He lives in Salt Lake City. So that's already like a bonus because that because he takes care of, you know, like if Damon needed anything, I could count on him to to take care of it. You know what I mean? Like, granted, he would he's in season part of the year, but when he's not in season, he's in Salt Lake City. So I love Salt Lake. Yeah. I love I I love I I know people see me busting on the Utah Jazz on Twitter all the time. That has nothing to do with Salt Lake City yeah. or the state of Utah. I love it. I tried to move there once. Oh, rewind to Arizona for just a quick second. Okay. When I stepped out on the field in Arizona, so since I retired, so since my last professional football in 2010, there's only that was only the second time that I've was like, oh my God, I kind of missed this. Like I stepped on Arizona's field. Cause that was the first place I ever caught a touchdown while I was in college was at oh, wow. Arizona. And it made me like, I got this rush throughout my whole body. It was like, it was the weirdest thing. Like I was like, Oh my God, I could smell the grass. I could hear this, the fans. Like I've been to a lot of football games since I finished. And it was, that was one of the first times that I was like, Oh my God, like I wish I could do this again. So that was that something that's just personally going on in in your life, or was it something about the energy of the the place? I think that the place was important because it was the first touchdown that I ever scored. Uh-huh. 
I had a hurdle there that was on the cover of a magazine. Like it was just like it was a good game. The energy was good. Yeah. So I have fond memories of it. So now going to Utah, Utah wasn't in the Pac-12. So I had never I had played at Utah State while I was at Oregon, but I had never played at Utah and I had never even been to Rice Eccles. Rice Eccles has got an amazing view. Oof. Yep. They've redone it, dude. Like, like they have a thing, like, you know how the Cowboys walk through the fans mm-hmm. at, at, like on the way to the stadium, they have that going on. They're still redoing the underbelly of it. They've redone their locker room at the stadium. Listen, Utah is, and when you meet the people there because of, I think a lot of it has to do with the Polynesian community as well. Like mm-hmm. it's, there's so much family element. There is, you know, like it feels chill. But also they have their core principles up on the wall and you can tell that they live them at all times. Like that coach Whittingham embodies them that um, that all all of that. And we know from listening to this podcast what I think about um, coach coach Whittingham. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there were all those rumors last year that he might he might be done. No, he's not. He's he's not done. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> he's not. He's not done, and it doesn't appear to be happening anytime soon. So, what was what was yours and Damon's impression? Because the only thing that I saw from that was your boy Pharaoh tweeted a, uh, or he posted on Instagram a video of of uh, you out on the sideline, and you had your red L.A. Dodgers cap on, red and black. So it was like you were already in team gear, but representing your 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 chosen home. Uh, what was, what was your impression of what they have going on out there? Oh, uh, so they do something very unique at practice because their roster is so big. They're at like 126, 127 kids right now. So they have to actually get their roster down from their walk-ons a little bit. And so they do a split practice. So the, the ones and the upper guys on the depth chart, they practice first. And then some players practice with both squads. So they do split squad practice the way everybody can get reps and people aren't just standing around, not doing stuff and all of that. So practice is really only about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And then, but they do it twice. So it's long. And you stayed for both sessions. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then we met with coach, uh, um, Ludwig after watched some film talked all of uh, that and it was very interesting because they're the way they recruit is different because they're like you know they'll tell you straight up like we we like you I mean, they, here's what they told my son they're like if this had been any other school well pretty much any other school they would have been like, listen, we're offering you right now, right? Because um, he's played, he started on JV. He has, you know, he's done the whole seven on seven camp circuit and showed out, right? Yeah. And so they're like, this is a kid. I mean, he's thrown in front of coaches, done all this stuff. And so they're they're like, this is a kid who we, you know I mean? But they're like, said, said straight up, like, look. We can be like some of these other places and throw you and, th- and throw you some offers, but you know, and everybody else knows 
that if we say we're offering you, it is committable on the spot. And and he and was you like, said that a lot of their offers all go through the head man, right? Yes. Like there's a lot of control there over what the roster looks like from Whittingham's. Correct. Correct. Like even there have been times where four star kids have committed to them and then not signed and quote unquote flipped somewhere else. But it was by choice, not by, you know what I mean? Like it was by like, yeah, you can find somewhere else if you want to. Right. They have so. an interesting, I always thought they have an interesting way of, of getting kids out of California and Texas and finding a way for them to blend on the roster that not every team is that good. Sometimes it has to be one or the other. Being but they're looking for the right things. Like they're looking mm-hmm. for people of high character, work hard, all of that stuff. And But they understand the need to – because they're in a situation <clears> – <throat> their wide receiver room is the weakest part of their offense. I agree. I agree. Their, their tight ends are the strength. And people negatively recruit against them saying, look, this is not that that they won't throw to the wide receivers and all of this. And they're like, we're just going to throw to the best players. We have three NFL tight ends. Right. We're going to throw to them, which and create matchup mismatches with three tight ends on the field. So you don't know whether we're going to line in tight and run the football football or line in tight and throw it or spread them out and and now you got a personnel issue on defense fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
Do you go into your experience at Salt Lake more open-minded because they whooped Oregon's ass twice last year or with a little bit of like some, some bruising, some ego bruising? <laughs> See, I didn't mean, come with that. I, no, no, it's a again, good man. question. No, it's no, no, a good no, I'm question. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it's also funny, but <laughs> it is a good question. I want to know, like you walk into that uh, situation, you're like, all right, you earned my respect last year. I'm here to see what you have to say. And if this could be the best place for uh, my son to continue. Okay. I didn't even or consider you- that, but, okay. but, but, but you're probably right. You're probably right. Where I'm like, hmm, hmm. And you see where, dude, Utah, there are two teams in the NFL that look like, I'm sorry, in, in the Pac-12 that look like SEC teams up front. That is Oregon and that is Utah. Right. Like they look different coming off the bus. Yeah. And so when you see that and you understand how many Utah players have had success in the, in the NFL, you're like, oh, wow, this could really be something. Like, like their recruiting is going in the right direction. So now you're like, ooh, if like imagine if Kyle Whittingham had, you know, access to, you know, five star guys every year, you know, a bunch of them and high four star guys and had the pick be able to pick from from that. I believe you'd be looking at like a Nick Saban type of situation. That's interesting. That's interesting because I often wonder if if there are just coaches out there that it, that collecting talent doesn't necessarily work for in that way. Like I, I wonder to myself if Herm Edwards would be better off doing the R kind of guy uh, recruiting. And then I, I always, always think back to the Jim Mora um, era of the better they got at recruiting, the worse they got it on the field. Oh God. Yes. At UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they, they, they did, you know, string together, especially with um, New Heisel's roster. I thought he did some really impressive things. But then, no, you just sort of like no. Always go back to like no talent is destiny. Like that's you. You want to get the best players, and you want to figure it out from there. And so sometimes I argue with myself on whether or not like Whittingham would be that guy if he if 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 it was just like a thing that recruits said to themselves, like, man, you want to ball out, you go to Salt Lake, which is hard for me to even say without yeah. laughing because that mindset just doesn't exist. They really have to earn your commitment and get, and that's why I think they have so much success is when a recruit wraps their head around the idea of being in Utah for three to four years, they go all oh, in on the idea. Oh, if they get a top tier quarterback committed, like a guy, you know, like a, kid that has some hype around them, all of that stuff, that's going to change their total recruiting. Total. Uh, but obviously they're doing a good job now. And, but, you know, I, to needless to say, I liked it a lot. Um, well, let's talk about the school that you're technically a booster of then. Because this is this is the most fascinating one to me. What? That, uh, that you are a UCLA season ticket holder. I guess that does make me a booster then, huh? In the weird technical way that nobody actually believes, yes. But that that's what that's the definition, right? Yeah. You contribute financially to the football program. <clears throat> and why I don't know if people know why. Why you go to UCLA games and not like USC, USC. or yeah, flying up to Oregon every weekend. Like what what why do you go to UCLA games? My wife went to UCLA. 
There it is. Yeah. And and I almost went to UCLA. Like I went to all their games when I was in high school. <laughs> like I was at the games almost every weekend uh, that I wasn't on a recruiting visit. So um, we have already like so my son had already been on campus a bunch. Like it's not because my wife had spoken at a like she was a commencement speaker. We've been on campus a lot. Like we've been to Pauley Pavilion a lot. So it's not like there was anything that you could tell him about the campus, really. Right. Right. But he got a chance to go into the new facility. He was like, oh, my God, this looks. I told him I was like, tell me if this looks like a place you've been before. He was like, Dad, this looks just like Oregon's facility. I was like, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> they they took Oregon's facility, shrunk it down like 70 percent for like uh, for because of space and then sat it down. And it is dope. It is dope, 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 dope. And Chip Kelly is, uh, if you've never been around him, super smart guy. You understand the way they use tech technology to, to help advance. They actually bragged about the food thing, how much they spend on food, the quality of food that you're going to eat there, uh, how they're going to take care of your bodies and the catapult stuff. Like they do like they sell you on that part of it. And Chip did a good job. Like, and he hit me when I didn't know Chip's faith was that important to him. Okay. And that resonates with our family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and my son is kind of a, he's a Southern California kid. Like, you know, yeah. You met him, you know, he's so like it feels like he kind of fits there, if that makes sense. If right. if it makes sense football wise, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know the school is fantastic. You know, so Westwood was great. We're actually going back out to practice on Saturday. How <laughs> this is this is a question that uh, that I think listeners will be interested in because it's not a question that you would get, um, but you, you and I talk about anything, you know, um, how is it going into some of these visits saying like, all right, but would they really play a black quarterback? Because you, you went out to Utah where they do and have mm-hmm. UCLA long history of it. I mean, yeah. from Jackie Robinson on, you know, Brett Hundley in the last four years of, of Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, and then, you know, you go to Arizona where, you know, Jordan McLeod started out third string last year, but got to play. Khalil Tate was, you know, yeah. starting there for a couple of it's, years. It's funny because that has not crossed my mind at all. The only place that that's crossed my mind for, to be perfectly honest, is actually coming to come see Damon throw next week, I think. And that's Stanford. Mm-hmm. They're, so they're coming to come see him, see him practice and throw and all of that. And that's the only place that I've thought about that at. And that's only because I haven't seen one. Right. But but like I but know you, that USC is about to go down that road for the first time, right? Oh yes, 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 yes. But we that's not even on the radar right now. Right. Um, <laughs> um and but Stanford, like David Shaw is a black man. He's clearly aware of issues out in the world. So like so I thought about that with Stanford. Like I've never seen a black quarterback there, but I. But then our, our Ari Patu is probably going to be their starter this mm-hmm. year, who is Saul Patu's son, 
who I played with at Oregon. So like then that's kind of dispelled, too. So I haven't really like you know what I mean, like that hasn't crossed my mind at all. That's a good thing. I mean, that's that's because uh, I, I definitely talked to recruit parents. Um, that said that that factored into the decision that they were making on which Pac-12 school to send their kid to play football at. And I'm talking quarterback parents, you know? Yeah. So, and I mean, I mean, if you look, yeah. So like it hadn't really, because I've seen it pretty much everywhere. Like I don't remember it at Washington or Washington state, but Washington state is in the middle of nowhere. So it's probably hard to get black kids to go there too. You know what I mean? On, 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 on some level, but they will this year, right? Yeah. The quarterback they brought in from Sacred Heart or whatever. Yes, cor- yeah. correct. So like I had so it was never like a negative in with any of the schools. Like it's never been a negative thought around me surrounding mm-hmm. any of the uh, around that at all, because pretty much all of them have had black quarterbacks recently. Is there any schools? <laughs> is there any schools that like? No, I can't make you say this out loud in the podcast, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just so that you know where my head's at. Okay. So uh, there is kind of like a, uh, it'd be fun to do, you know, like a catch them all element to it of like, this is the Pac-12 Apostles podcast. And we did unofficials to all 12, (laughs) all 12 campuses to get the inside scoop of what's going on. Right. Um, But I, 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 I have wondered if that did cross your mind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think my kid would play. For that school, but it would be fun to go on a visit just to be able to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Y- yes. Yes. I will say yes. There are some schools out in the nation that 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 that's probably true. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> now on to the next thing. Um, now. Now. Oh, what's going on with Jimmy Lake? Okay. Yeah. So, so there was, um, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Um, almost like an exit interview thing. It wasn't with Jimmy Lake. Um, but it was in the athletic and, and we haven't done a show in a while. So this is from late March and Christian cable wrote this. It said internal documents and text messages provide a look into the final days of the Jimmy Lake era at Washington. And, you know, you'd figure, you know, they 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 got all of this information um, through, you know, freedom of information requests or whatever. It, you you figure that there would be some maybe uh, scandalous thing, especially with, um, you know, the him essentially being dismissed for um, the Ruper Rupert Favai um, incident. Uh, and what they found is it just was pretty simple. Uh, it was stuff that you actually talked about going on behind the scenes at this podcast. You, you, you were tapped into exactly what was going on. And is that Jen Cohen just said that she came to the conclusion that she didn't have confidence in coach Lake's ability to continue to lead the program moving forward. Yep. Now this story, it got quotes from people, but they're like, they're nothing in this story is disrespectful or shocking or, or anything um, it really just comes down to um, this was a will versus skill issue. He wanted to do a good job and they just don't think he had the ability um, to, to get the job done. So the athletic comes out with this piece and there's just really nothing of note in there. I'm just wondering if that, if, if that surprised you, if you expected it to kind of be uh, worse 
when you consider that what he what what they pointed out him being fired for was fairly no i um, i didn't expect it to be worse we knew what it what it what it was he wasn't recruiting well and he was losing and they found an out that's what it was and that was the whole thing with elevating him right was he did such a good job yeah defensive coordinator uh and as a recruit uh, a recruiter um, that if the recruiting wasn't there and that was the main reason you did it, you probably could have stood to have him have a learning curve on how to become the type of leader um, that that team needed. But if it didn't come with the recruiting, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to hang on like USC did for several years to Clay Helton, or are you going to make a change? Mm. And yeah, and they, they made a pretty quick change. Um, what I'm kind of surprised at is that that you and I floated a bunch of different possible destinations for him, and it doesn't sound like any of those are coming to fruition. So, do you think that he's kind of scarred by the experience um, at University of Washington into possibly not not being someone that that people would be wanting to bring in? As a coach, no, I think that there are people who want to bring him in as a coach. I think he's going to be very strategic about where he wants to be next. So I think we will see him resurface as a defensive coordinator next season. 100% confident about that. Yeah. So uh, there's a safety named Alex Cook there who's heading into his sixth year. And he had an interesting quote to the Seattle Times um, when they asked if University of Washington's secondary, which has been I mean, over the last 10 years, far and away the best in the Pac-12. I think that's fair to say um, on average, especially with producing NFL-level talent. He said that the standard wasn't created by the coaches. It's created by the players. That's something they take to heart, and they expect that to continue. That the, the, the Washington Huskies, if nothing else, are going to continue to have a dominant secondary. Do you believe that? No, no, no. I think that they had some special talents in that room who have been the best parts of that team. And it was clear coming in every year. And I think that they may be okay. They like, they may still have some talent in that room, but I don't think it's going to be the anchor of the defense. Like it had been in previous years. Okay. Well, when Dom Hampton and, uh, and Jacoby Covington are both all conference, we'll revisit your comments. Okay. And when, um, oh, and Washington has reached out about my son. Yeah. And they, and they, didn't they come to see him throw? Yeah. As well. Yep. So, well, but that was, yeah. So it'll be interesting though, to see how that works out because I think sometimes teams may be hesitant to recruit, but I tell everybody like, yo, like I'm sending him to the best place for him, not the best place for me. Um, the Pac-12 Network's George Kliakoff, uh is like, listen, we're done with the lease in San Francisco. We are not that everybody who's what not a network employee will be working from home and that they haven't chosen a new place for the conference headquarters. People thought it would be either in Arizona, but more likely in Vegas. I thought that this was a great move because the building that the Pac-12 was leasing, they signed their lease at what, like $900,000 a month or something, something ridiculous. And then 
right after they signed it, the building was sold for like 90 some odd million dollars. And the with the amount of rent that they play with the amount of rent that they paid during the time period, they could have bought the building. Could have bought the building. So then at least the the Pac-12 would have had a hundred plus million dollar asset because it would have appreciated so, so much. That was a crime. And George Kleokoff is just like, listen, we have to work on a shoestring budget, but you can still do your job. But we don't need to, you know, like we will rent a WeWork space or something if we need to, <laughs> if we need to uh, you know, host people or we'll just pay for dinner. Or lunch. Man, I just it so the stories about them paying too much for rent are almost four years old now. It's amazing that it wasn't, you know, something that people were talking about um in mass even before then, because it was just so disastrous. Um I think that this is the logical thing to do. And it's hard for me to let's put it this way. Every single time George Klievkov does like a normal thing, I feel like I celebrate because of the years of gaslighting from Larry Scott of not doing the most obvious and normal thing. And yes. And I, I'm wondering when that's going to stop and when I'm going to start being able to like hold George Klievkov just accountable as the commissioner of the, the, the Pac-12 conference. Oh, 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 instead of the guy that's coming in to clean it up and trying to patch holes, and then you're like, we can't blame it. We can't fault him for anything that, that's happening. Yeah, when does just- he... Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like the thing that you run into um, every time there's a new president and you're like 18 months into their term and they're still talking about like, well, I got left this huge mess. I was like, well, then, dude, then clean it, clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, See, clean it up. Yeah. yeah. That's so, your job. Um, and, and at what point in time will, does that change is the question. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are so many obvious things that needed uh, adjusted and he's just sort of come in and done all those obvious things. And, and what I'm finding in myself as somebody who really cares about the conference is every time George Klyavkov does a thing that we were screaming for him to do for years, I get mad all over again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Like where I you, get mad. You're when, like, why didn't you do this in the first place? Crazy yeah. man. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, well, when you spent all this time telling me, you spent all this time telling me that it couldn't be done or that, you know, that that's not actually what people want or that things are fine. And then somebody comes in and it's just as simple as like waving a magic wand and it just gets you upset all over again. And it always frustrated me that not only were they in San Francisco paying exorbitant amounts of rent, but in order to have employees, they had to bring them out there and put them in the most expensive city to live in. So you had Pac-12 network employees like paying crazy amounts of money just to be able to live, traveling crazy amounts of time just to get to work. And then a lot of those people got furloughed or laid off. And then they're stuck in a city they're not from you know, with leases they can't break and, and all sorts of stuff going on. And it was just, it was just an absolute mess. And so, you know, the fact that this finally got done means that maybe the PAC 12 will actually be able to attract talent, like good talent that can do um, remote work for them. But I am interested to see 
what it means for the network. Cause it's important to me that they still broadcast games, but what, if anything, are we using this network for outside of those broadcasts and, and, yeah. and a little bit of, of analysis? Should they be trying to build up the, the network in some other way? Oh, see, see, I think that George Kliakoff's first real, you know, what did he do situation is going to be what he does with these TV contracts. And if he's able to fix anything in the meantime, if he's able to, because these contracts are ironclad, like remember, got got a chance to talk to him. He was like, listen, that's the first thing I did. And I was like, oh my God, these things are terrible. So listen, I, I expect him to like, I don't think that there's anything that he can do, but I'm hoping that there is something that he can do. If that makes sense. I would love, I would love for them to start producing content that highlights the personalities of the PAC 12 in a way that is um, super accessible and financially rewarding for the people that are involved. Like if the Pac-12 network can have like a real assistant coaches of the Pac-12, if Utah's secondary coach can be on Real Housewives, he can be on Real Pac-12 assistants, <laughs> right? Yes. To where to where we just get to know some of these people better, or even some of the players, because I'm assuming like if let's say the Pac-12 was doing a show where they followed six or seven players for an entire year, they should be able to compensate those players, right? Yes. Under what NIL is? Yep. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out ways for them to be actually be able to take some of that $9.2 million or whatever they were paying in rent every year to reallocate it into something that actually builds up the personality of the Pac-12 and encourages recruits to stick around in that region of the country. Yep, absolutely. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. All right. Um, now, Lincoln Riley, he had his thoughts on recruiting. Do you have those pulled up? I'm pulling up uh, right now. And, and this was very interesting because the the comments came out after. Actually, so while, 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 while you're pulling that up, we'll talk briefly about Oregon's 2022 recruiting class. Okay. So they just added two new players to their 2022 recruiting class, which bumped them up with only 17 recruits to number 13 in the nation. Their blue chip rating is continuing to go up. They got a five-star, one of the top 10 players in the country, and Connerly. The- Who 24-7 had forecasted to USC right before he committed. Yes, and, and that, because USC, they, oh, they thought they had this one in the bag. They're like, we're recruiting. We got Lincoln Riley came. We got four five-stars like that between two classes. They're like, we're getting everybody. And then it's like, wait, hold on. He didn't choose us? Oh, my God. They must be paying people. (laughs) And you're like, everybody's like, wait, wait, what, USC fans? How dare you? How dare you? How do you think you got your quarterback, fool? How do you think you just got your new quarterback from Oklahoma, where he had massive success last year? How do you think you got him? How do you think you got your coach? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, so Connerly ends up picking Oregon and then there's the oh, my God, the belly aching. Oh, my God. This the name, image and likeness thing. This is this is he got a big bag. We don't know what the kid got. But but, but even he, then, wouldn't wouldn't that be actually encouraging for you? Because if you're that, USC. Yeah, one because yes. once, once you realize that that's going to be the primary motivating factor, if it was, in fact, the primary motivating factor for Josh Connerly or his family, once you realize that's the case, you actually have the resources to make that happen and are in the process of making that happen with those resources. If I, it, if it, all that would serve to me is uh, encouragement and igniting a competitive spirit to say, like, all right, Oregon, like, we see how it is. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll keep going head to head on some of these. And I think that that's, you know, I I just you shouldn't be in a position to complain right now if you're a have. And the Pac-12 only really has a couple of haves, right? Everybody else is kind of a have not in this new environment. And USC is on that list of very financially blessed um, and reputationally sound uh, places that that high level recruits would want to go. So I don't see what the point is uh, of complaining. But the other interesting thing that happened for Oregon's 2022 class is Kyler Casper, a six foot five, over 200 pound wide receiver, could ultimately end up at tight end um, player out of Arizona, not only committed to Oregon, which is kind of a surprise because his dad played for Iowa and Tennessee was hot in pursuit. 
Um, but not only did he commit to Oregon, he reclassified to the 2022 class. Yes. So all of a sudden, that first Dan Lanning, um, Kenny Dillingham it class. Looks a, it looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, you got a five-star, eight, four-star. So you, so you signed a small class. So you still have a bunch of scholarships for 2023, too? When did, dude, at first it was like, oh, okay, will they, will they pick up where Cristobal let, left off? And now you're like, oh, my God, what the hell can they do with a whole with a whole year? And right. if you look at the visitors list, like Oregon always got good visitors. Yeah. But when you look at their visitor list now, it's even better. It's even better. Like they're getting number like top kids in the country to come visit. And if you get them on campus, like on unofficials too, and then they're coming back for officials, you're going to land some of them fish, buddy. Um, But now what, and now the reason why we're talking about the 2022 Oregon class is because of Lincoln Riley's comments and you can read them, Ralph. Yeah. So Lincoln Riley uh, talked a little bit about NIL and how it's altered recruiting um, and of course, if he's speaking on this, people are definitely going to listen, especially, you know, o- Oklahoma fans who are always looking for a reason to be upset, LA uh, based college football fans who just want to know, you know, how the re- environment is shifting. And then anybody else in the Pac 12 that has to go head to head with USC. Um, here's what Lincoln Riley had to say It's completely changed it. It doesn't even resemble what we used to do before NIL. In every sense of the word, it's different. The, re- the reality is it's made what's gone on at certain places for a long time. It's going to put it out in the open. So maybe some positives there. I'm a fan of guys being able to capitalize off of their name, image, and likeness. There was no doubt it was going to seep into recruiting at some point. I think anybody that cares about college football is not real pleased with that because that wasn't the intention. We all get that. A lot of people voiced concerns when NIL came up that there had to be a plan for that. Instead, we instituted NIL without any plan for that. So that's where we're at. Or that's why we're at where we're at. And I'm sure at some point there's going to be a market correction, if you will, with recruiting. Hopefully there will be because in a perfect world, they stay separate. High school kid, his family, their state, if they have an NIL opportunity, that's great. College kids, if they have an NIL opportunity, fantastic. It shouldn't cross over. But unfortunately, with the way the rules are set up, it has crossed over. It's crossing over a lot right now, and it's totally changing recruiting. I'm going to be honest, George. I don't know what he's saying here. Uh, I, I I heard that, and all I heard was, womp, 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 Bruh. Bruh, you are one of the halves. You are one of the beneficiaries of this. Do you think he's whining or do you think he's acknowledging that fans had a concern that didn't get addressed and now and now it's playing out exactly the way that some fans who should be less prepared to deal with this than the NCAA had said that it would end up? Yes, dude, the NCAA. And that's why I remember when his comments came out, I tweeted, I was like, people are mad at the kids for this. This is Mark Emmert's fault. Oh, for sure. This is the NCAA's fault. They let the kids in the in the in the in the candy store and was like, "Yo, here's the credit card. Meet uh, meet meet me back at the car," and and left all of them in there at the same time, and they all g- gave them black card <laughs> Amexes after with- spending an exorbitant amount of money to keep them out of the candy store. Yes, 
spent $100 million to keep them out of the candy store instead of spending said energy and time figuring out ways to, you know, put guardrails around these things. But listen, did, like, like people are like, oh, the Senate needs to Congress needs to intervene and do what? Like, yes, they need to put some universal rules in. But how many rules are they actually going to be able to put in? Yeah. They're not going to be able to put very many in. The toothpaste is already out of the jar. If you try to put it back in, there's going to be endless lawsuits. They, they, it's going to be a nightmare. The so NCAA what? is to blame. And this is the system that we have now. And now you got to deal with it. But what the hell does this mean? Hopefully they stay separate. That's what Lincoln Riley said. So what does he mean that hopefully NIL doesn't play into recruiting? Because because he's at USC. So he's hoping that the kids that would ordinarily go to USC that might end up now at Missouri or, you know, or Arizona or UCLA or Washington or Oregon or wherever else. Or Florida or Alabama, that kids that he would have a chance at. He's like, no, 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 no. I want to be able to have the biggest stick in the yard. I'm in L.A. I'm at USC. I can bring celebrities around like all. So he has a natural advantage and he doesn't like the fact that it is going to level the playing field or expand the playing field. Is it? but, But here's my question. Is he is what is the grievance? Is it collectives? Because he's saying if a high school kid has an NIL opportunity in high school, like if if somebody wants to, you know, if a car dealership wants to work with the quarterback of modern day, great. And if another car dealership wants to work with the quarterback of USC, great. But it shouldn't factor into recruiting. All I can think of is, does he have an issue with NIL collectives that are putting together what are essentially like contracted pay rates from the outside, like for Nico Ayamaleva, who's leaving California to go to University of Tennessee. Is that the type of stuff that he that he's frustrated with? Is it just the collectives? He wants the NCAA to come in and make that illegal or or what? Because I still uh, think that you should probably have to do something for the money. Yeah, but they do. They have to do charity work or something. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's one of those loose things. Like, so they're actually doing something. It's just a matter of whether so it, people what, feel like that that's com- commensurate Nico or Imaleva, not. Nico Imaleva is going to do what at University of Tennessee? He, he's going to represent every business that's part of the collective. No, he's no, going to be he at may, their at their beck and call. No, he will probably have to do like. You know, some like show up at the children's hospital, show up on a podcast. Like, it's not going to be very much that has to be done. (laughs) But that feels gross, though. Like a little bit. It's always like warm and fuzzy thing when you have team activities that go to help like the less fortunate or people who are going through it. I mean, he but but he probably would have done it anyway. I'm getting paid one hundred and eighty thousand dollars to read to kids. (laughs) $180,000 $180,000 an hour. I'm going to read, read with passion. Answer. I'm yeah. going to read with passion. <laughs> I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed if Nico Amalewa walked into a kindergarten class and just like monotoned his way through cat in the hat. Hey, read this correct, funny man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, JT Daniels decided to. Well, well I actually, but, but before we get off of Lincoln Riley. So USC fans believe that 
they are a potential, you know, playoff team this year. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think that they are further that that if they were playing a game of seven on seven, they are in the catbird seat. But when it comes to actual football, they don't have the linemen on either side to be able to compete. Utah and Oregon are going to be able to run them over. Where do you think that their recruiting goes in terms of up front? Well, you don't got to argue with me. You got to argue with Colin Cowherd, who is who has decided to be USC's hype man. The most perfect practice that's ever (laughs) been seen. Oh, my God. Uh, I love it. He had another tweet yesterday that was like, oh, I guess this is just going to be like, I was like, buddy, your daughter went to ASU. Throw us a bone over here. (laughs) Like she got a degree. And you're out here uh, caping for for University of Southern California. I get it, though. Um, I like a lot of what they have. And I think offensively, your offensive line talent only matters insofar as is it going against high-level defensive line talent. And the truth of the matter is there's probably only three, four Pac-12 teams that have defensive lines that are more talented than USC's supposedly untalented offensive line. The truth is their offensive line is just mediocre. So as long as they have a mobile quarterback in Caleb Williams and a bunch of receivers who are able to do stuff after the catch, um, and considering they're going to bring the running back game into it in some way, I think that'll make up for a lot of what they're going through. I think the real issue for USC is going to be on on defense, which I think is something that uh, that was brought up by our, our, our friends um, Rob uh, Baron and, and Bryant Conger, you know, on, on their show that, that, you know, USC might be fine offensively, but like it would be totally reasonable to expect them to give up over 30 points a game this year. Yeah. I don't, I'm not as bummed out about the, their offensive line prospects as a lot of other people, namely you. I think that they, they'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, but Lincoln yeah, that, Riley, that's, you're not going to compete for a championship with an okay offensive line. Cor- correct. Oh, and Lincoln Riley also was just pinned a he just pinned a thing for um what the heck did he do uh, for um the the players' tribune about why he left. Oh, I'm sure that will. Uh... Oh man. I would certainly do it differently if I could do it again. They're not going to want to hear that. They just want to hate him. Yeah. What did he do wrong? I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think he did anything wrong either. He made the best decision for him and his family, and it is what it is. All right. I have no problem. I'll read you a couple of things from this. So in one of the most difficult moments of my life and career, I stood in front of our Oklahoma team to let them know I was leaving. I saw the immediate consequence of my decision on the faces of the players. Riley said he hated the timing because the loss only hours earlier, but also cited the recent rule changes in college football impacting the recruiting cycle and said it only made a difficult transition even tougher. Uh, And he said he was filled with guilt and some guilt and sadness, realizing that Norman was no longer home. I don't have an issue with this because that this comes down to like recruiting when somebody's got five of top schools and they have to choose one and you think it should be the best moment of their life. Right. 
Yes. But a lot of these kids are like sad and wistful because they said no to four life-changing opportunities. It wasn't one good option versus four bad options. It was five incredible life-changing opportunities of which they had to pick one. And so you automatically enter a sliding doors reality in which there are four paths you didn't take that you can wonder what if about. So to me, it just sounds like he's talking like a, like a recruit, but I don't think Oklahoma fans want to hear any of this. I think they just want to believe he's Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. 100%. Um, the, oh, JT Daniels, former USC quarterback, takes his talents to West Virginia. This was, I thought, a very interesting move. He goes to the Big 12. He was at USC, uh, lost his job after he got injured, never really got a chance to get on the field, really, at Georgia. Injury was healing up slowly, and then they were winning, so they didn't take Stetson Bennett out, who's not a top-tier quarterback at all. And now he's off to West Virginia. He has to be graduated college already. Um, what, what was your thought about this? Because I was hoping he was going to go to Oregon State. I was also hoping that he was going to go to Oregon State. Um, I think ASU tried to kick the tires on that on on that situation as well. Uh, I want Oregon State so badly to have a capable quarterback because I want to know what Jonathan Smith's system looks like when the talent. I mean, it's the same you talked about with Kyle Whittingham, right? Like, what would he do if he had the best available players? And they've got some decent options and returning experience, but I think JT Daniels would have been a clear upgrade over anything they had there. Uh, It shocked me because he went back to Graham Harrell, who is the offensive coordinator at West Virginia and was USC's offense coordinator. Yeah, but he never played for Graham, did he? He did. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And then he got, he got hurt and then Slovis took over and then was supposed to be the savior. And now he's in this weird situation where he's out at West Virginia. I'm assuming he's expecting to start. They already have Nico Marchial, who is literally the same quarterback. They're the same person. They're like um, almost identical playing styles, right? So they have Nico Marchial, incoming freshman, and then they decide, you know, and I, I'm never a fan of this, but you know, we've had this debate a million times. I won't bore people with it again. You, re- you recruit over a recruit that you brought in, which I'm assuming, you know, there'll be some chemistry issues there, but we'll see how that plays out. But now one of the best rivalries in all of sports is West Virginia, Pittsburgh. And now the West Virginia, Pittsburgh rivalry is going to be quarterbacked by Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels. Yep. That's so weird, dude. So, so Very. weird. Very weird. And... And when USC went head-to-head with ASU when Keaton Slovis was a freshman, Jaden Daniels didn't get to play. Joey Yellen started and threw four touchdowns, and now Joey Yellen is Keaton Slovis's backup in <laughs> Pittsburgh. It, the quarterback movement is just, it's its really mind-blowing. I don't know. I would have loved to have JT Daniels back out on the West Coast. I understand he made the best decision for him, but I don't know. I Would you, do you think that, that he views that as a strength, being able to go into an offense that he already knows? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, because that makes it like for for quarterbacks, right? It takes you longer than one season to get comfortable in an offense. Like your your mastery of the offense usually happens in season two. So I think that he was looking at that. He was like, I need to fast track this process. It'll be easier for me to get on the field in something that I know already. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be measuring his performance against uh, whatever Oregon State does this year, though, and wondering what if. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, All right. The last thing up, Arizona State's quarterback situation. Because JT Daniels left, he left him in the in the eleventh hour. And Jayden. mind you, <laughs> Jaden, Jay, yeah, Jaden Daniels. And then you're actually going to have a lot of kids end up in the portal before May first. You're going to have quarterbacks because if you're not in by May first, then you can't. Then you aren't immediately eligible. So we're going to see a big uptick in the next you know week uh, plus of kids. Uh, you know, hopping in the portal. Yeah. So, uh, so now the question is, who's going to be their quarterback for next year? Every source indicates that Paul Tyson, that came over from Alabama, um, is not ready. He's not shown that he's ready. Okay. So that leaves it to your boy Finn Collins, who you know really well. I hope he wins it. Dalen Mclemore who has battled through some injuries um, uh, out of California, who who looked decent in their spring game. And Trent Borgay, last year's backup, who I know, and I know his family really well. And I'm at this point, it's no secret, I'm openly rooting for him to get an opportunity to see what he can do because it would it, make for a really cool story. So, um, and, I'm, and I'm rooting for Finn Collins. So who do you – but uh, – so, so do you want to make a gentleman's wager on 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 who will win? Uh, well, we're probably both going to be wrong because all <laughs> indications all indications are that is that, entirely right. Um, well, first of all, Trey Anderson announced his departure today. He's been the primary quarterbacks coach through all the weird coaching transition scandal that Arizona State's had for the last couple of years. So he announced today that he's leaving which leaves the entire offense in the hands of Brian Billick as a consultant and Glenn Thomas, the um, former OC of UNLV. And so Herm Edwards has kind of alluded a few times in comments to the idea that maybe next year's starting quarterback is not on the roster yet. And I want to know from you, because that hits my ear really weird. Like, because what you're saying is we want, quarterbacks to come to Arizona state because number one, the opportunity that they'll have to play, but number two, because we'll put them in situations to excel. AKA we will develop you, right? So come to ASU because we'll develop you. We just couldn't develop any of the quarterbacks on our roster. Mm. So don't don't but I'm, I'm so I'm saying like if you're a quarterback and you're looking around for a that means that they either didn't recruit well or didn't develop them well. Right, right. And so are you because to me, it would hit my ear weird, like because they're after the the guy who um, uh, is transferring out of Florida who started for them the last two years, ASU is pursuing him. And one of the things that you have to take into account is you're saying like, hey, Nobody here is really showing us that 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 they're going to take the job. 
you know, come throw your hat in the ring. Um, we think Arizona state would be a great place for you, but you also have to receive that as a recruit and saying, wait a minute, you couldn't develop a quarterback to the point where you're still looking at quarterbacks and you want me to believe that I'll be the first one that you'll be able to develop. It's almost, you have to almost entirely play on somebody's ego to the point where they completely dismiss the logic of the fact that you haven't developed any quarterbacks and that Jaden Daniels regressed and that he wanted out of town and that your quarterback, your de facto quarterback coach just left the team. Like, yeah, I, I just don't, I do not see what the appeal is at this point of transferring into Arizona state to play quarterback outside of just supreme confidence in that, like <laughs> I'll be yeah. different. Listen, you cannot just be different. Like, like the past is the greatest predictor of future success or failures. Um, you guys, that is the PAC 12 apostles. It's been a minute. And, but uh, we are back like cook crack people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. <laughs> Peace out. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.